0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy.
1: Joining us, a very special guest, Yoram Hazoni. Yoram, welcome back. Hello, Charlie. Good to see you. You too. We text frequently, and uh, this is a tough time for you right now. And I want to just plug your book, Conservatism Rediscovery, it's a tough time, because your nation uh, is at war, and your sons and your nephews are currently in Gaza.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, along with an all, awful lot, lot of other people's sons and nephews. You know, it, it's a citizen army. Everybody's got kids in the war.
1: Walk us through, from what you can tell us, just how quickly you go from being at Shabbat, Yom Kippur, to war.
0: Uh, right. But as far
1: as like this, what happened this lat, on October 7th, just... I haven't heard anybody, you know, from a first-person perspective. Just what was that day like? Tell us about because it was it was a nine eleven type psychological shift where you wake up with the intent to celebrate and you go to bed and your whole nation's at war.
0: Yeah, well, it, it was Simchat Torah, which is the it's the last of the High Holidays, you know, that begin with Rosh Hashanah. So, uh, and and it was the Sabbath, and we got up, uh, we go to synagogue at. Let's say eight o'clock in the morning. At seven o'clock, we got up and uh, and you hear the missile fall. M- missile fall, you hear it thud 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 thud. You can hear it in the distance. Are you in
1: Jerusalem or are you? In- We're
0: in Jerusalem. Uh, and later, when missiles started being directed to Jerusalem, we got sirens. You get this wailing siren that sends people into the bomb shelters, but an hour before we heard the wailing sirens, we were already hearing missiles falling, you know, down in the coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the whole you know the whole country is about fifty miles wide, so you can, depending on on uh, how the wind yeah. conditions are, and, you can.
1: And Judea and Samaria are elevate uh, higher elevation ju- right, than ju- Tel Aviv, right?
0: Right. Jerusalem is. Up in the hills above Tel Aviv, uh, along with the rest of Judea and Samaria, so uh, w- we went to synagogue. We had sirens, uh,
1: which you weren't phased by because you're used to that, or was that a little bit unusual?
0: Uh, no, it's it, it, it's uh, it's it's unusual, but it's not. You know, it's it's happened before. Sure. Um, so we, we, there were sirens. We went into the, to the bomb shelter during services, just for you know for 15 minutes. Then came back back out, continued services by the. Uh, by the uh, the second siren, we decided to just send everybody home, you know, so that we don't have like, you know, all these people congregating in one spot. So everybody went home. And uh, by lunchtime, we probably had, you know, eight or 10 sirens that had gone off. And I'll tell you the thing that was stunning was that by this point, you know, you're at war because, you know, the country's being inundated with missile fire. But there was no Air Force. And I, I said at lunch, has anybody heard it, heard an airplane all day? And nobody had heard an airplane. And, you know, my wife said, well, you know, maybe they they take off from Khat from the uh, Air Force bases in the south and they go towards Gaza. And I said, the country's too small. If there was Air Force, we would be hearing it. There's no Air Force. So there we were at war, with no air force, why? Well, we, we still we still don't really know why, but that's a fact. I mean, if if I knew this in Jerusalem, everybody else knew it. You know, w-
1: but you know, Yoram, excuse my ignorance here, but doesn't it just require a phone call to get a plane in the air, even on Shabbat? They have people ready to go.
0: I I don't know what was going on. I can't look. Um, I, I've been a lot of people have asked me about. How could it be that was you know that there was eight hour delay before the Israeli? Well, uh, yeah, that army? was
1: going to be my what twenty hours in certain areas too,
0: right? Well, uh, I'll tell you, uh, since I I've served in the Israeli army, yeah, and uh, I, I was a reservist for eighteen years, and people should never underestimate the capacity of a bureaucratic military organization to be stupid, um, and you know that sounds glib. Uh, no, it's
1: it's the, I, I really want that explanation to be right.
0: Well, we'll find out. Look, after, after, after the war, we're going to find out everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, at this point, we already have uh, three major intelligence figures who have publicly said, uh, yes, I was on the call the night before. And, uh, you know, we got the reports that something was happening and we thought it was, we just thought it was nothing. We went back to sleep. So, you know, the, the, the. Um, Public statements by people who describe their own stupidity are, you know, they've already, they've already uh, gotten rolling. Uh, we'll find out more later. Yeah, that's so interesting about the Air Force.
1: I hadn't heard that before. Not an airplane yeah. in, in the sky.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the normal thing is if missiles are being shot at, you, you, you scramble the jets and you bomb this, the, the, the places. The that, point the mis- of origination. Right where, where the missiles are being launched. It, I mean, that's just
2: normal.
1: And so now here you're you're in the country you're in our country uh, America and I know that you have a passion for both Israel and America as do I. What is the attitude on the ground in Israel right now? I mean, is it obviously you're a nation at war? But it seems as if there's this there's this tension between winning the war and holding accountable and remembering the lost and they're still hostages.
0: Yeah, the, look, the, the, there's there's definitely some degree of. Some degree of tension because uh, uh, there there's still you know one hundred and thirty people unaccounted for um, they probably most of them are hostages, although you know we don't really know they may have been uh, killed after they were t- taken into Gaza a lot of people have been killed there um, who we thought were hostages so for sure that's on everybody's mind but um politically the country's more united than anything i've ever seen in my lifetime there isn't really a left or right at this moment i mean the 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 country is being the war is being run by a unity government which is you know the netanyahu and and members of the opposition together and uh they're clear on the war aims mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 aims one aim is to free the hostages but the other uh, prior you know the number one aim is to eliminate Hamas, eliminate the Muslim Brotherhood, which has been the the government of Gaza for the last sixteen years and uh, when they say eliminate i mean they 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 mean to hold every member of that organization responsible for the for the crimes they committed um, and the third aim of the war is uh is to make sure that Gaza is never capable of uh, uh, being a mil- military threat to is- Israel again, so those things are achievable. Um, we have uh, an extraordinary wall-to-wall unity like we've never seen before. I, th- I think the major question on everybody's mind is, uh, you know, is uh, how much pressure are the Americans going to put on on us uh, to stop before we attain those aims?
1: Does the average Israeli believe that America has? Israel's back right now.
0: Yes and no, and because the situation just is complicated. People, people are incredibly loyal um, to to President Biden and his administration. Uh, f- incredibly grateful for the uh, supply of uh, munitions. I mean, basically, there you know there's there's uh, an aircraft leaving the United States every day with uh, uh, ammunition that Israel needs. Everybody's sincerely grateful for that on the other hand it's a, you know it's not it's it's not a simple relationship every every morning they send out you know the the munitions that we need and every afternoon somebody comes out of the you know the white house or the state department starts you know talking about how there's going to be a uh, a uh, a Palestinian state in uh, in Gaza and it's going to be uh, uh Kamala Harris said it was going to be uh, a, a transparent and accountable and like all of this stuff that you know we we heard this before the about Iraq we heard it about Afghanistan mm-hmm. about Egypt about Libya the, the, There's kind of the these like kind of you'll forgive me these kind of Washington fantasies that's what
1: they are so this is Kamala Harris saying we must revitalize the Palestinian authority i want to play this and get your reaction yoram okay revitalize play cut 27
2: well as i said that we have to revitalize the Palestinian Authority, which means giving the support that is necessary for good governance. Um, it's also about what we need to do to recognize there must be some plan for security for the region, and I suspect, as a as a plan develops, it will take into account interim and then longer term.
0: What is she saying here? Well, she she's saying, I mean, the the the. Uh The terrorist organizations that control Gaza and the West Bank, there's the Hamas. That's the Muslim Brotherhood Mm -hmm. that we're familiar with. A lot of people remember the PLO, right? The PLO was Yasser Arafat, supposedly uh, secular, but a a fanatical terrorist organization which was brought in in the 1990s and given control of cities in the West Bank. Now, uh, that's headed by a fellow named Abbas. Mahmoud Abbas. Mahmoud Abbas. And he he, uh, has not yet condemned the massacres. I mean, I think everybody understands this. He hasn't yet condemned the massacres. On the contrary, one of two things is true. Either he actually sent contingents to participate in the massacres with the Hamas or he's pretending they did. I mean, I, I I don't know what the fact just is. so
1: Everyone understands the geography. He's in Nablus. Is that how you say it right? He's
0: he's in Ramallah. Okay, he's in Ramallah, right out right right outside of Jerusalem. So he's you know like sixty miles away from Gaza. And it's,
1: but there is some disconnect. But he's obviously chatting. He knew this was coming.
0: Well, like I say, there the there his people are claiming uh, that they participated in this, the massacre. So I don't know if that's true for a fact or if they're just pretending. But
1: he's doing that for credit for his people or something. He, he,
0: or? he just he knows that the majority of people support the massacres and he knows that, the, that you know, that that's dangerous for him. You know, like if he doesn't want Hamas to, to you know, take over Ramallah. So he's saying uh, we participated. Uh, but look, this is not a this guy is is not a partner for peace. And uh, there's nothing to revitalize there with all due respect to Vice President Harris.
1: Yeah. It's also the argument is so silly. So Israel got out of Gaza and we got further away from peace with the Palestinian Authority. They elect Hamas. They incentivize terror attacks. They get hundreds of millions of dollars and they build terror tunnels. Yep. They don't
0: want peace. Yeah. Look, we, we had an independent Palestinian state in Gaza for 16 years and we know how it ends. We're not doing that again. I mean, you've got 8 percent, according to this weekend's polls, 8 percent of Israelis supporting Harris's, but the Biden-Harris proposal that the Palestinian Authority, that the Palestinians should be brought to Gaza and given Gaza. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's not going to get you anywhere.
1: I want to play cut 26. I find this whole media narrative so flawed and troubling. Play cut 26.
0: In the first day after this temporary truce had, had ended, um, Israel killed two, 200 Palestinians, uh, according to the Gaza Health Ministry. Uh, is that minimizing harm to civilian life? Is that acceptable?
2: I don't have the details to tell you exactly who was killed, and, but I will say this. We have been very clear about where we stand on this, which is innocent civilian lives should not be intentionally targeted and that Israel must do more to protect innocent life in Gaza and innocent civilians in Gaza.
1: Wait a second. In World War II, did they do that? You know how many Nazis are dying? Did they do that every day, Yoram, in World War II? This whole media narrative is unbelievable to me.
0: Look, it's a war. In, uh, the, the extremely unfortunate truth is that in war, people... Uh, die and uh, th- there is no. I mean, she's mistaken. There is no Israeli intentional targeting of civilians, but it is true that if uh, if you're in a building and under under that building is a tunnel complex, and that tunnel complex has has been has to be bombed, and you have refused to evacuate your house for for a month when where you you were being told get out of the war zone and you didn't evacuate, then. I'm sorry, it's it's certainly unfortunate. Every life that lo- that that's lost is a whole world, but you have to fight the war. Fighting the war means killing your enemies. These enemies are in the tunnels under those houses.
1: Yes. Yeah, and the IDF drops flyers and calls residents on phone to leave before they do a military operation. But also, you know, they want a ceasefire. They had a ceasefire on October 6th, and they decided to end the ceasefire.
0: There is no ceasefire with them. The ceasefire just means that that they stop firing until they're ready to start firing again.
1: There's no good solution here.
0: There's no good solution, uh, but uh, things have got to change, and they will change. It, we're not going back to the status quo before. I mean, the, 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 there's uh, we 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 did the Palestinian state in Gaza thing, and uh, what, whatever there's going to be uh, is not going to be that. So. Uh, i i think most israelis don't want an israeli occupation of gaza indefinitely but israelis would prefer that you know to uh having you know united nations peacekeepers or something and uh i i we were you know talking during the break i i, I do think that um as with uh with other refugee problems in 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 the world it is definitely worth uh, thinking about resettlement but i should just emphasize that i don't think western nations should be uh increasing their radical islamic population and the you know gaza is a largely a ra- radical islamic population the united states and europe should you know i think i think trump was right should yes. sh- sh- should should have and uh, should now um, uh stop allowing this kind of immigration
1: yeah and so the uh the question is, I mean, why not send them to Saudi Arabia or Jordan or Egypt or you know all the fellow Muslim brethren?
0: Well, the, those particular governments that you named are, I mean, they're they're all enemies of the Muslim Brotherhood. Hamas in Gaza, the Hamas send them to Iran. <laughs> that that that's much more attractive. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, the Egyptians and the Jordanians and the Saudis, they look at these people. You know, from from Gaza, in particular, the Muslim Brotherhood ideology, and they say, you know, th- they'll 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 try to overthrow our government. It's, it's not an unreasonable fear, but I I do think you're right that the uh, ultimately uh, the refugee problem has to be dealt with in in the Arab speaking world. And
1: so, so what do you think that that looks like? I mean, you know, a, a, a resurgence of statehood for Gaza, and I'll be honest, Yoram, I just it's. The West is going to end up taking a bunch of these. It's just, I see the writing on the wall. I hope I'm wrong.
0: Okay. Well, look, I, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, you, you, you and I uh, s- signed the uh, the National Conservative Statement yes. of Principles a few years no, ago. And I know you're against it. I'm just and, telling you what and, I think and, is going to, And and, yeah. and that statement put the, the option of immigration moratorium. I think we should have on, it. Yeah. On, on the table for the first time. And I, 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 I think we have to take it seriously now. I think everybody in the West should should look October 7th, look those massacres straight in the eye because, you know, this is not special for Israel. The the kinds of people who did that, they, they would do it to Jews. They would do it to Christians. Yeah, they, I agree. They, so, so come on, let's let, let we got to change the software. We've got to.
1: Yes. And so let's talk about what you've been seeing here domestically. We see it on campuses at Harvard, this is a byproduct of unregulated mass migration coming into the Western world. One in seven people are foreign born now in America.
0: Uh, it it it's certainly unregulated mass migration is part of the problem, but I don't, I'm not convinced that the regulated migration was sufficiently focused on the, these kinds of problems either. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, 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 this was this issue that that Trump brought up, and people didn't want to hear about it. Um, and and I I think. I think Americans are going to have to—they're going to have to dial back their their liberalism. Some—it's just not true that every ideology is equal to every other ideology. Every religion is equal to every other religion. Um, now, I'm not saying that you know every every single Muslim is uh, is a problem. That's certainly not true. But uh, our polling right now is showing 50 percent of American Muslims uh, su- uh, support the massacres of October 7th and 8th. Look, that, that that is, even if most of those people are just blowing off steam, how many of them do you need before you, you actually have a serious jihadist problem in the United States?
1: Yes, yes. And then the head of Hamas now says that this October 7th is just a start.
0: Yeah, it, of course. I, I I mean, it it's kind of him to make that clear to us, you know, yeah, just in case we were thinking that you, this yeah. was a one-off, but... You know, they they want the world, and destroying Israel is just one one step along the way. And and if Israel fights back and and defeats them, and they they feel like they should pop up somewhere else, they will. They'll pop up somewhere else.
1: Help me understand and our audience understand why some, not all, but some of the vocal anti-Israel voices happen to be Jews. Where, where did that, that – that's something that's hard for people to understand and explain. For example, the, they're more secular Jews. They're not very religious. Yeah. But the flooding of the Grand Central Station, I don't know yeah. if you saw that. Where, where does that come from?
0: Well, the, the, there is a um, – <laughs> I wrote a book once called The, the, the Jewish State. The struggle for Israel's soul. You know, may, maybe some of your readers would be interested. Uh, listeners would be interested in it. Uh, the, uh, that book is about the Jewish struggle against the establishment of the state of Israel, um, and th- there there is this long history of liberal Jews opposing establishing the state of Hisra- Israel. So when you know when Theodore Herzl was organizing the Zionist Congresses at the end of the nineteenth century and saying, "Hey, we Jews, we want to return to Israel. We want a state." His his uh, biggest opponents, his most bitter opponents, were liberal Jews, who said, "No, we don't want there to be a state of Israel because the idea of a Jewish state would would you know would would raise the question of you know uh, dual loyalty in the countries in which we live. We we don't want to go to Israel. So so the, this issue of uh, nationalist, conservative, uh, and religious Jews, um, mostly mobilizing to you know." To to with the idea of returning to Israel, while some liberal Jews uh, have always opposed it. That that's a that's an old old issue. Now most of that disappeared uh, after World War II. I, I would say that you know uh, other than the absolute most radical lunatic left, all Jews in in the United States and all Jews in the world after the Holocaust ended up rallying behind the idea of a Jewish state. But um, you know if we look at you know, we've got uh, Jewish intellectuals like uh, like Peter Beinart, if you if you know him, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and his position is a it's a traditional anti-Zionist position. He thinks you know all states should be neutral, and there should be no such thing as a Jewish state. Uh, and uh, uh, unfortunately, these you know yeah,
1: like Doctor Norman Finkelstein, yeah, that guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Finkelstein. He's a he's a, a student of Chomsky. And, uh, and, and Chomsky himself was, you know, a f- f- famous anti-Zionist crusader. But think about it like this. You know that there are, on the American left, like on the extreme American mm-hmm. left, there are people who hate America, mm-hmm. right? So the same thing is true of the, 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 the Jewish left. On the extreme Jewish left, there are people who hate Israel. Uh, it, 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 it's not large numbers of people. It's no, de- it's a def- no. it, it, they're loud. It, well, because they're useful. Yeah. They're, they're loud because the because people wa- the, the left wants to amplify amplify those voices because it you know it 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 makes it look like like we don't have overwhelming support for israel from among jews at the moment we have absolutely overwhelming support for israel uh, among jews and i i i actually think that that since october 7th there's a the beginning of a shift among liberal Jews. I mean Yeah,
1: like, talk about that. In America, American yeah, liberal Jews, yeah. what are you seeing?
0: Well, look, you you know that Jews in America have been mostly liberal for, you know, for a century. I mean, yes, the, 85%. The, there's there's 15%, maybe 20% who are uh conservative nationalist, you know, the the the, the kind of people who, you know, who would come to, Prager, you know, to your your yeah, sure. your conferences or my conferences. Um and uh uh, and then the majority are liberals, and uh, I, I, you know, I I don't want to say that that uh, you know that they're not loyal Jews, but their their worldview is is primarily liberal. It's more liberal than 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 it is Jewish, and uh, that that means they've supported you know every you know every crazy liberal thing that's happened in the United States. People have been asking me for decades, you know, c- can that ever change? And I don't know the answer, but I do know that right now uh, an awful lot of these uh, liberal Jews um, are— Reconsidering? They are. They're reconsidering. And you know what? I'll I'll tell you exactly what they should reconsider. Here's my advice. I think, number one, uh, liberal Jews have to change their position on immigration. Um, it, yes. You know, and and we just saw. I don't know if you if you saw this that a- Ackman wrote a uh, Bill Ackman. Bill Ackman yes. is fa- famous. You know, Jew- Jewish liber- liberal uh, hedge built, fund, but he's b- billionaire. somewhat
1: moderate in, in some ways. Okay, but yeah. he's he, he, not Soros.
0: No, definitely no. So, he's I'm not so, a no. No, Soros is like you know, it's like revolutionary. No, no, that's not Ackman. no. But Come I'm on, I'm yeah. talking about I'm talking about the majority of liberal yes. Jews. He, the, has, you know, he the,
1: has a very mainstream
0: right so th- so Jewish that's movement. the question is that majority of liberal Jews is there any chance they'll they'll be less liberal and i think that the letter that you just saw sent to harvard th- there were a couple of points there that were were you know pretty amazing i mean w- one thing he said was was it right here. W- one thing that he said was that he uh, that he feels guilty that it's taken him up until this tremendous explosion of anti-Semitism on the left to begin speaking out about things that have been going on for many, many years. So, look, that, that's an uh, an an, uh, an honest uh, uh, regret saying. Good for him. Repentance I, I, is
1: a beautiful thing.
0: I've made a mistake. So, look, I. I on the immigration thing, I think we need to look for repentance. But, but
1: I think—can I just interrupt, really? Yeah, yeah, please. It's just that there's this tension, though, in secular Jewish culture that you must be compassionate to all people, right? It's like tolerance is almost a central—tolerance the, the is taken more seriously than the Torah in secular Jewish households.
0: You know, I, I really would like to say that it's just liberalism. That no, these, you can say that. The, if I
1: say that, they call me an anti-Semite. Okay, so
0: so, so I, I it's just—look— li- <laughs> I, I don't know i i've known plenty of liberal Catholics. no of course. I've known plenty of yeah. liberal Protestants fair enough. and I just yeah. have to tell you to me they're all the same like it's like the liberal Jews and the liberal yes. Christians liberalism is their their God and their religion and uh and it leads them to all sorts of foolish things and what we're going through now is horrible, but we should be uh, uh, pushing to to get a change, to get liberals, liberal Jews and liberal others to change on two points. The first we said is immigration. The second is on the public Christian character of this country, which we've talked about before. Yes. I think that people have to, at this point, begin to realize liberalism has created this vacuum in the public space. And that vacuum is being filled by this insane concoction of uh, Islamic supremacism with with woke neo-Marxism you'll notice that they're it's the the so same red green axis yeah it's yeah. the same people from the George Floyd riots this is That's like right. in 2020 we had the you know uh uh the the, the uh, six months of of riots and and burning and and yes. cultural revolution and now we're doing it again
1: so i, I want to just just zero in on this i do see this i see this with uh Jewish billionaires. I see this with rank and file liberal Jews. There is a realignment potentially happening here. Bill Ackman's letter, very, very powerful stuff, where there is a lot of remorse and kind of repentance. It's it's an incredible article. There's some stuff that I don't love here about he, diversity, he, but yeah.
0: He explicitly says that straight white males... Have been persecuted. Well, and right? no, when have you ever heard a it's li- no, lo, like a, a, a prominent liberal Jew talking like so that? So that's that, new. Is
1: that where do you think? Why do you think he's now saying that?
0: Because I think he's really re- rethinking. his I, th- I think I, you're right. No, I, I, I mean, think they, that
1: the scales have fallen. They, those. They've yeah. been
0: look. The, there's a whole bunch of people, n- not just Jews, but but Jews, many prominent liberal Jews among them. Who've been saying for years, there's a problem with anti-Semitism in the United States and it's on the right. Right. There's the, the, there's been this this slander against uh, uh, against the nationalist camp that, it, yes. you know, that Trump is an anti-Semite and Holly is an anti-Semite and Tucker Carlson and maybe on and on. You yes. know, you know, this story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and it's it's all nonsense. None of these people are anti-Semites. There are, of course, some actual small number of real anti-Semites on, yes. the, on the right. And and that's worth worrying about. But right now, the the overwhelming, I would say, two orders of magnitude larger threat of anti-Semitism is from the left. Yes. The explosion of anti-Semitism in America is from the left. Well, they also the control
1: left. the institutions. Yeah. So just from a matter of, you know where it can be implemented, right? They control Harvard, Princeton, Yale, FBI. And so I'm seeing a lot of, this is a bad term, but buyer's remorse, people that have funded and financed some of these institutions for years recognize that they've been subsidizing Jew hatred. And it's not just Harvard, it is across the board. And I sure hope this leads to a serious permanent divestment. I'll be honest, one of the things that I heard um, is some people say, but I'll reconsider... To giving money once they change their ways.
0: Yeah, there's no change coming. Talk about that. Look, the the we, in 2020 there was this cultural revolution in America, right? It's, I don't all, think it's
1: over with. I think it's No, not it's going.
0: A, no, it's it's not over. But but in the summer after the George Floyd riots, when when uh, when the New York Times uh, kicked out all these liberal journalists, and when when, uh, when 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 Princeton erased Woodrow Wilson's name from the university. That was a that was a watershed event in the, uh, the 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 political configuration within the institutions of of American liberalism and internationally by this is true in Britain and Europe. Also, that change, we have to get used to it. Went it took us from the old liberalism, you know, which was capable. It was it was all about tolerance. It was yes. ca- capable of tolerant, to- tolerating some number of people Alan like Dershowitz. you, like you and me, yeah. right? So, so you know, the, the the New York Times would allow in those days. Twenty percent or fifteen percent of the op eds to be written by conservatives yeah, it was affirmative action okay it, sure. it, it was, but that <laughs> but that was their world, no of that, course right? okay, so this is so we have to understand that 's gone that we 've moved to a different world. The people in charge of these institutions now that have them under th- these institutions under their thumb they 're not liberals in the old sense, they are neo marxists and they 're Goal is the eradicate is eliminate and ex, is is delegitimize and expel, yeah. delegitimize the, the 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 Christian conservatives the the, uh, uh, the 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 nationalists delegitimize all of us and expel us from having any kind of role in public society. Yes. And that that change, which we're now seeing, move, moving forward another step. Now, what's happening on these campuses is that, in addition, there's a move to expel the liberal Jews. I mean, this is, you know, bizarre, but it, but it's real. It's what's really happening. Yes, is that these campuses, having now mostly delegitimized Christian conservatives, now they're taking the next step and they're saying, okay, let's let's delegitimize the and expel the the Jews as well. And uh, look, I I definitely think that that Jews should have seen this many years ago. Uh, I mean, some of us did. But let's uh, open the possibility that some very important people like like Ackerman- Bill, and and many others. And many others that- you know, they're going to take some first steps. Yes. And, and we got to be encouraging them.
1: I think that's right. I, I agree completely. There is some bitterness by some people on the right. Oh, they built it, so they have to buy it. No, no, no. I, I don't think that's right. I think that we should always be open for people to reconsider their ways and their giving, especially, you know, when they say, look, I've been given to Harvard. No more. I screwed up. you really great.
0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy.